What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is two guys, five movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to The Quick Cage, and there's no mystery left anymore, I suppose, with this being one of the last two episodes. So tonight you are covering all of Nicolas Cage's animated voice work in one episode, which I'm thankful for. And um, and yeah, and then we just have one movie left. So um Guess you want to go through these in order of his. Look, dude, I'm just going through his filmography, and we'll get what we get. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, point out if there's any that you miss. All right. If people are super interested in Nicolas Cage's voice work, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So the first one that I see here is uh, Jimmy Christmas Mer- Carol. Yeah, Jimmy Murakami's Christmas Carol. Okay. So directed by the guy that did a previous um, regular podcast movie. Uh, when the wind blows, um, this is an animated version of a Christmas Carol uh, with musical numbers. Um, <clears throat> it's fine. I mean, it's not nearly as good as like the other musicals um, adaptations of a uh, Christmas Carol, particularly a uh, Scrooge from the early seventies. Um, in my opinion, it's not as good as the Mister Magoo Christmas Carol, which is the ultimate animated Christmas Carol. Um. Cage plays Marley or voices Marley in this, and it's fine. You know, I mean, it's the animation isn't that great. Um, I don't think the music's anything to write home about. His voice work is fine. Um, you can tell that you know, just a paycheck for him, I guess. But whatever. If you enjoy the Christmas Carol story, there's probably a dozen other things that you should watch before you watch this. But it's free on YouTube, so go nuts, I guess. Okay. Got that one highlighted off here. This is, everything this, is, this is the most enjoyment I'm going to get um, out of this entire experiment is highlighting all of these animated movies. So we just have one thing left on the list. So next is Ant Bully, right? Yeah. Um, it's been a really long time since I've seen this. Um, this is a Warner Brothers animated movie from... Shit. 2006 so this is like still i wouldn't call it like crude or rudimentary cgi but it's not like you're you get no pixar here um it's actually has a pretty impressive cast of uh voice actors and julia roberts nicholas cage meryl street paul giamatti bruce campbell lily tomlin yeah um cage is a wizard um I don't know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't really remember this movie. It's just like garbage fucking mid-2000s bullshit animation. Um, it had a budget of $50 million and made $55.2 million, So I guess in some way it was um, uh, moderately profitable. Um, it has a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's just there. Cage actually is kind of probably the best part of this role playing this um sorcerer dude who like wants to use magic powers to fight back against um this kid that's like bullying the anthill that they live in. I don't know, whatever. Right? Like who 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 fucking cares? The ant bully's not worth your time. That's my review. Nicholas Cage is fine. Okay. Highlighted. Next one is 2009's G-Force. This is actually probably the worst movie on this list, in my opinion. Um, I think I think Cage like sold his soul to Disney for a period of time where you just had to do anything Disney asked because you got the fucking Sorcerer's Apprentice, you got National Treasure, you got this bullshit. Um, Nicholas Cage, for anyone who's familiar with the Sly Cooper series, um, Nicholas Cage voices the Bentley of this group of like gerbils and hamsters and shit. He's a fucking mole. Um, so this isn't necessarily an animated movie. This is a live action movie with CGI, um, anthropomorphic gerbils and other small animals in it, making fart jokes and James Bond jokes. And that's pretty much the gamut of the jokes you get. It's either flatulence or high espionage. Mm-hmm. Um, in all honesty, Ant-Man kind of ripped off the plot from this movie in some ways. Mm. Um, with the idea of like a guy who's trying to use technology to sort of enslave the world. Um, so in a sense, like kind of like what happens in Ant-Man, but you know, like any other friggin' espionage movie, except this has anthropomorphic animals voiced by famous Hollywood actors. Um, And Nicolas Cage is the brainy, like the brains of the group. Nicolas Cage is the brains, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's it's a movie that I think Frankie and I I probably bought it for like $8 at Walmart or something and we watched it together. I don't know. It's, It's it's whatever. It's not very good. It's there, there's fart jokes in this movie, man, and like that's that's Disney in the late two thousands. It's just you know, like trying to trying to get that that adult audience to laugh with the kids by lowest common denominator. So, all right. So I I, I had highlighted that one like five seconds after you started talking about it. Um. So next up is also two thousand and nine Astro Boy. So he's in a movie called G Force and Astro Boy in the same year. I don't know how I didn't put that together before, but that's terrible. Okay. What's what about Astro Boy? What's going on there? What do you mean didn't put it together? I don't know. Uh, it. Oh, it's just like I'm assuming Astro Boy is like some kind of spaceship, just like G Forces. Yeah, you know what Astro Boy is? Fuck no, I don't pay attention to animated films, Frank. Come on, yeah, you fucking nerd. Astro Boy is like a iconic. I don't know, cartoon character. Um, no idea. It's fine. Astro Boy is like Mega Man. You know the story of Mega Man? Like Mega Man's put together by Dr. Light. Yeah. Fighting evil robots. Well, that's Astro Boy. He's created okay. by the Nicolas Cage character who's like his dad, kind of. Um, and he's fighting, you know, like evil things or whatever. I mean, it's fine. It's 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 a... It's actually not a very good movie either, but like nostalgic wise, like I like Astro Boy, the cartoon, and I don't, I'm, I guess maybe I'm not surprised. I'm, but 
Um, Astro Boy was like one of the original or one of the older like anime series that was um, in the same way that like Star Blazers or Transor Z or whatever was localized for American television in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Um, Astro Boy was the same thing. It was just, you know, dubbed over in English and the plots were changed or whatever. Um, the movie itself was fine. I like the animation in this movie a lot. I think it looks really pretty. Um, I mean, I it was like pretty poorly received, as I recall. I don't really think it made yeah. any money. Financial failure, I think, is the phrase I saw. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, who cares about Astro Boy in the United States? Like, you didn't even know what it was. You know what I mean? So, right. like, you're not going to get anybody to go to theaters based on that. Um, Cage plays Astro Boy's dad. It's it's fine fine voiceover work i actually didn't even know he was in this movie until we started doing the quick cage and i've seen this movie like twice so so all right all right another one down all right 2018 what's a big gap um what what did i miss well you missed the crudes at least we already talked about the crudes individually oh we ain't gonna talk about that again no no you like Bolt. it, but you're going to get to talk about the sequel, so... I thought he was in Bolt. Do we miss Bolt? No, nah, I don't see Bolt here. Oh, I like that movie. Maybe someday <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. I thought he was in it for real. I mean, all the times I've looked at this fucking list. <clears throat> you get... what? Look, next year on the primary podcast, you get one episode to, like, top five, like, you know, CGI animated movies or something, and we'll talk about five of them we're done. You know, um, you're going to combine CGI and animated into one thing? No, 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 no. Just CGI. It's separate. Just se- it's separate. CGI is its own thing. I'm not a big fan of CGI movies. CGI like animated movies. I mean, yeah, like... Know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of them. You like all of them. What are you talking no, about? We just had this conversation the other night where it's like did, you were listing all the ones you liked. And, right. Uh, I was trying to point out what a Philistine you are because you don't appreciate art. I like Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph's a good movie. All right, fine. I could do a list of the top five. We want to talk about fucking Teen Titans go to the Teen movies. Teen Titans go to the movies, yeah, where he finally gets to fucking play Superman. For like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's whatever. I mean, I'm not a huge... I actually do not like the art style of the Teen Titans at all. So I actually kind of hated watching this movie. And the only reason I watched it was because Orion made this comment once that if I didn't watch every one of these movies that I wasn't actually completing the quick change. So I had to force myself like, I don't know, six months ago, one day to watch goddamn T Titans go to the fucking movies. I really can't stand the super deformed, like modern art style that is in this. I understand it's like a kid's cartoon, whatever. We had kids cartoons where things look like real things and not fucking bulbous headed light, whatever. All right. Hold on. Highlight. Okay. Um, Next same year, he is in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This movie is actually pretty fantastic. Have you ever seen this? No, the uh, no the 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 art style that I saw in the trailer made me kind of nauseous, so I never watched it. So I completely agree, and I also do not like the art style in this, but the story is so good that it supersedes my hatred for the art, mm-hmm. and actually got to the point where I was appreciating the animation because I like the story so much. Hmm. 
Um, so, yeah, I wish you would have seen this so we could actually talk about it. Um, basically, Miles Morales, who is um, like alternate universe Spider-Man, which you know from playing the games. Yeah. Um, this Kingpin has this fuck here. Is it Kingpin or Doc Ock? Somebody has this fucking machine that causes all these uh, multiverses to come together. So you've got like uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, like, you know, like older, like schlubby, like Peter Parker. Um, but then you've got a bunch of other like smaller Spider-Man. Like there's <clears throat> like a Spider-Man from an anime universe. that has got like a mech suit and um, Peter Porker. You know, like the pig Spider-Man, Spider-Ham, I guess. Right. Yep. Um, so Nick Cage is Spider-Man Noir, which is... Are you familiar with that from the games that you used I to am. play? Yep, yep. So like a very like noir-tinged, like black and white take on, you know, super gritty um, take on the character. So he's not really in it much. Um, but, you know, like it's fine. The, and it's... Even though it's like a small role in the movie, the movie itself is great. And if you have the chance to watch it, um, it's actually worth worth a watch. I'm yeah. excited that you're making a sequel to it. So, yeah, I'll watch it at some point, someday probably. It's got a really good blend. So it, it it's very reverential to the the comics that it's pulling things from. So you actually get a really good. Like, it's fun without being, like, overbearing and cloying or whatever. So it has, like, this childlike wonder to it while still being, like, engaging or whatever. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I never had any intention of watching it. And then I just randomly watched it one day before we ever decided to do the quick games. And I was um, I was really happy with watching it. I see here that he based, his, based the character off of the films of Bogart and... The voice off of um, performances from Cagney and Edward G. Robinson. I mean, dude, he's literally in it for like six minutes. So I guess I, that's, hey, that, that's he, a lot. He did the research, you know, takes it seriously. And that's not true. I mean, like the character is in it a lot, but there's it's, not like a, a huge like solo or whatever, like soliloquy or anything from Spider-Man Noir. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll never think... So I see here uh, just one question about this uh, movie. So I see that Lee Shriver does the voice of Kingpin. Um, as much as like I'll never accept another Kingpin other than Vincent D'Onofrio at this point, um, I, I actually think Shriver, voice-wise, would probably do pretty well with that. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing, actually. Yeah. I, I enjoy... I wish you could take that voice and put it in D'Onofrio's frame hmm. like it's pretty perfect yeah see i i, I love d'onofrio's voice like and all that sure so. me too okay just saying like it's yeah. it, it's, 100%. it's that, it's that like, good though is what you're saying the shriver yeah in my brain it's what the kingpin always should sound like hmm. yeah um ugh, that show i need to watch that again someday and just like skip like the the hand shit um in it yeah um just stop after the Punisher shit in season two and then start over in season three. Oh, but there's that excellent scene, though. That I'll, I'll just watch that scene on YouTube. There's that excellent scene when Matt goes to the jail to visit Fisk. 
and he ends up like they end up like in basically like a shouting match and fucking what is it like fisk punches him in the face like across the table and like um and then he goes to punch him again and like fucking murdoch blocks it and like fucking fisk is like sitting there because i think like i think he ends up hitting back and like fisk is like bloody nosed and he's like oh right son of a boxer uh oh my god that like gravel in his voice like you know uh so good so this is really good. good all right um all right i'll watch this um and then okay yeah all we have left is uh the cruise of new age in 2020 um, yeah, so honestly, just as enjoyable as the original crudes. Um maybe a slight step down, I guess. I don't know. But like any sequel's not not typically gonna be as good as the original. Um, but still really likable and really fun. Um this is another one that's got like a super deformed or like overly exaggerated animation style in terms of like physicality and like the character models and stuff but i still enjoy it like i thought it was um you know i thought it was a funny movie like i there's some charm about those movies um in terms of like they actually build like a pretty decent family dynamic between um like Cage and Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds and um all the character actors in it. Like it's it's it, it all works together pretty well, I think. That's it. I don't really have anything better to say about it than that. Okay. All right. So these are all highlighted. We now just I have several questions for you, but um we all we have left now on this master list, unhighlighted, is Captain Corelli's mandolin, and that's yep. it's next week, buddy. Yep, strap um, in. And he actually called it by the right thing, so uh, really I'm, just, I'm just I'm 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 just exhausted. <laughs> I'm just tired. Um, what's funny is that I I don't know why I didn't know this or think of this, but it's like I just realized that he actually plays Captain Corelli. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, for some reason I didn't. I I thought Cap, I always just assumed Captain Corelli's mandolin is like some reference to like some either MacGuffin or like artifact, kind of like Rosebud. Whereas like I didn't. Ex- I I actually didn't expect there to be a character called Captain Corelli. Brother, um, you're gonna learn all about Captain Corelli's mandolin next week. Oh man. Okay. All right. So I didn't have this as. So first of all, I want you to talk about his voice work in general. That's that's the first thing I wanted to do. Like, do you think he has a skill for it? Like, you know, um, the the voice work. Do you think he should do more more voice work in the future? Uh, do you think that it's just a fun thing for him to do? Like, what what do you think's going on with the voice work that kind of comes up? I mean, if I'm being idealistic, I think that he genuinely enjoys it. Um, because he can, like, that's one thing that he really likes doing is distorting and extending his voice and speaking and, you know, whatever, like, different lilts and, like, falsettos and stuff. I mean, it's, some of his more obnoxious performances are when he, like, super gets into the idea of, like, contorting his voice. But it works in an animated form. You know, like, he can be, 
without like the crazy like facial contortions and stuff. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's good at it. Like honestly, like his voice lends itself well to um to coming out of the mouth of an animated character. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Now on the other side of that, um, the cynical part is I guarantee it's just a really quick paycheck for him and a way that he can like bank some money without having to really do anything except for I mean, especially in today's day and age, what do you have to do? Just like sit there with like some really expensive headphones on and record, you know, and they can take that and fix it and post. That was a lot of the crudes actually was um created during the pandemic and was done remotely because mm. they couldn't bring people together like the animation. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um but yeah like I'm fine with him doing more but I I I'd like him to stay away from stuff like G Force and do things more like Spider Man. Um and even the Croods which I think is a fine franchise, you know, an unprofitable one. So there probably will be a third one at some point. Right. Um yeah, yeah, I'm cool with him. Is the Croods um who who produces that? Universal. Okay, it's not Disney. All right. So um I guess we'll find out. Like, I don't I don't need you to like rank I mean it's hard to rank voice work, I think, or rated, so I'm not gonna ask you to do that. But you will include these next week in your tier system, these movies. Yeah. Um, the tier system is like 50% done, I would say, um, my tier rankings, I was going to wing it, but I realized that that would probably be like a four hour podcast. If I was just sitting there like, (laughs) right, Um, right. Yeah. So I'm going to have it in advance. Um, spoiler alert, more S tiers than you think. More S tier movies. Okay. All right. I, I mean that 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 doesn't surprise me actually. Um, okay, this is not a spoiler then. <laughs> I do see Peter Dinklage was in this movie um, doing voice work. Um, I had no idea until I just looked just now. Okay, so just an interesting coincidence. Brandy told me that this this weekend because um, you and I talked about it off air that I rewatched Roxanne uh, for the first mm-hmm. time like in twenty years or whatever. But she was telling me, because um, I was telling her, like, how, like, like eh, some of it is in 2021 with just, like, the basic premise of the Cyrano de Bergerac, like, you know, right. adaptation. Um, and, and how they even make it worse in Roxanne, like, some of, like, the, 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 the bad parts of that, like, you know. Um, but she was telling me that um, Dinklage is playing Cyrano um, in a new movie coming out, like, this year. And so they're and they're not doing any prosthetics or anything. The idea is they're adapting it with his height being the factor as opposed to like some sort of like prosthetic nose or something like that, Um, which I think is a really interesting idea um, overall. Yeah, that's actually. That probably. Well, so, okay, so here's my only concern about that. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be like Nice Guys, the movie? You know what I mean? Like, right. Isn't that kind of the thing that we've come to sort of shy away from in the modern age is the idea that, I don't know, like everyone is owed something just because they exist. Like a woman should be able to say no to a guy for whatever reason she wants, and that should be cool with the guy. I'll be interested to see how they adapt it. Like, 
because I can't imagine Dinklage is going to do anything that's completely insensitive or awful, you know? I mean, like, so I, I'll be interested to see how they adapt the story to not only the idea of it being, like, you know, being a dwarf, but, like, also, like, you know, you know, how they adapted to a Me Too era. Um, they, they they have to change it, I have to imagine, to some degree. Um, because you're right, it's a nice guy thing, Yeah. All right, so I we've never talked about this before, and I did not initially have this as a question I wanted to ask you, but considering Teen Titans, let's talk a little bit about Cage and Superman. Like oh, the his, his his biggest what if, I guess, probably ever. Sure. Which is this motherfucker does screen tests as Kal-El. <clears throat> Which there's photos of all online of like his like screen test with the long fucking hair from like Con Air, like Cage, a little bit more well done, I guess, like um slightly, but like that's been that's been '90s Superman hair, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Like when he gets his like when he dies or whatever. When he comes back from the dead. Mm, gotcha. He's got his long flowing lock. I, and he I, had it for a while in the nineties, I think. I mean, I didn't read Superman much, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Gotcha. Okay. Um he looks awful, I think, in the Superman suit. So like and I don't really know. Like that was is that the one that Kevin Smith was going to write at one point? Yeah. It was gonna it's gonna involve Brainiac. Oh somehow. Right. Um. So, do you, how big of a do you think it would have been successful with Cage playing Superman? No, I think it would have been a joke. I think it would have been just as bad as any other mid nineties superhero movie. How do you think Cage would have approached playing it? Like, can you think of like a movie, a Cage movie, where you can kind of predict, like? Like uh, and give like a, a type of character of a way he would have played Clark Kent in that. Probably similar to Conair, his character there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a combination of like so his Clark Kent would have probably been more akin to his character in The Rock. Okay, which is like sort of nebbish, sort of neurotic. Um smart and charming but like in a awkward kind of way um and then his superman would have been i think a combination of like conair and yeah it's probably that character okay one-liners somewhat stoic but still like a badass yeah the upturned face like into the sun as like the wind blows his hair back. You know, I mean that's 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 what you're getting out of that performance. Gotcha. The um, problem with it is yeah, how does yeah. it work? You know, how is a lot of people love Kevin Smith as a comic writer. I'm not a huge fan. Like I think his Daredevil stuff is just okay. Um but I don't like all of it. And honestly 
I'm not sure how he writes Superman. And I, I think it was going to somehow try and tie into the death of Superman storyline in some ways. And it was going to be, that's why Cage had like the long hair and is wearing like the weird, like, um, onesie suit type thing. Um, I think it would have been awful. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm, I'm getting refreshed on this a little bit now. This is the this is the one that Kevin Smith talks about, like in his like in that one, like in that tour that he does, and they recorded it about right. about the about Tim Burton was going to direct, and he makes that joke about how like he just imagines Tim Burton sitting in a dark room in a corner, like oh, I'm like uh, <laughs> like all the time, um, with his hands above his head, um, and this is the one where like the producer wanted him to fight a giant spider at the end. I remember this story now because years later, that same producer, John Peters ended up um, producing uh wild, wild west. Um, mm. uh, but that, that like he wanted. So apparently Walken was going to play Brainiac. Was the idea. I mean, it would have probably been all CGI, right? Or animatronics. Probably something like that. Yeah. I mean, Brainiac, you... at, Brainiac yeah. at the time. And traditionally at that point, like after like the 70s was a cyborg creature and only a cyborg in the sense that he had a human brain but everything else was like an android basically so i imagine that would have been the look they would have gone with yeah um can you imagine cage playing superman and walken playing brainiac in a big budget fucking feature brainiac (laughs) i'm gonna bring you to justice well Superman, you know, I got this device that's going to take over your mind. Yeah, that yeah, awesome. right. It, right. It would have been like a shit show, like, you know, but it would have been it would have been great. Superman, I got this kryptonite <laughs> and it's going to blow your socks off, Superman. <laughs> why? Why is that so accurate? Does he actually say that in any movie, or is that, that feels like something Christopher Walken would say is "blow your socks off"? I don't know. It just seems appropriate. It does. So and then, Courtney Cox or Sandra Bullock were in the running apparently for Lois Lane, and let me say, Sandra Bullock—that's a good Lois Lane. Yeah, agreed. Like she, she, she could bring just the right amount of toughness to it. So this is ninety-eight, right? That this movie was, yeah, uh-huh. production. Yep. So Courtney Cox was because of Scream, I would say. I mean, obviously with Friends and being super popular, but that whole Gail Weathers thing in Scream, I guarantee sure. that's like, yeah. Um, no, Sandra Bullock would have been perfect for Lois Lane. Yeah, that's yeah. actually really good casting. Yeah, Courtney Cox still has too much of like I don't know. She she lacks the tough like Sandra Bullock like. I've come to appreciate after us talking about Demolition Man um, last year, or maybe earlier this year, I guess. But it's like um, when we talk about Demolition Man, I've actually come to appreciate that a lot more. That movie, like even though like I always viewed it as a joke growing up, but I also appreciate Sandra Bullock a lot more in that movie and how she rides a really like you know kind of like razor thin like you know line of being this femme like you know cop but also like you know she's not a pushover she's you know kind of, you know yeah um you, you can picture sandra bullock in like a pencil skirt and a white blouse with her hair blowing in the wind holding her glasses on as superman like flies her over the city yeah yeah absolutely 
And she's got that girl next door thing enough. Um, yeah, no, that would have been good casting. All right. Um, there's a question that I was going to ask you next week, but we're going to end up going through that tier system a lot. So it's a biggie. As we're nearing the end of this, we only have one more episode after this. What's four next year? Can you can you refresh everybody of why you decided to do this? It was by accident. So it was two years ago. Two years ago, September 2019. Right. And Frankie, my son, had just gone back to college. So I had nothing to do. Sitting in my apartment watching TV. And I was like, oh, shit. This is this Nicolas Cage movie about where he can, like, predict the future. And I was like, I'm going to watch this movie because I've never seen it, but the trailer looked um, pretty funny. So I watched it, but I watched the wrong fucking movie. So instead of watching Next, I watched Knowing mm-hmm. because they were so similar in title. And after watching Knowing, I was like, well, shit, that movie's, like, really weird. How did I have never have any idea that, like, it existed? So I went and I looked at his filmography, and I was like, crap, there's a lot of movies of his that I didn't even know existed. So a bunch of stuff was streaming. So I watched like maybe like one or two other things. And I was like, you know, it'd be funny. I should just watch like every Nicolas Cage movie. And then I brought it up to you as an idea for the, like a supplemental podcast. Cause we had talked about doing something else. I think mm-hmm. like just as like a, to fill in the gaps of the weeks that we were off. And here we are. Yeah. I think we were talking about possibly doing that Oscars reevaluation thing as like a supplemental. Maybe you're right. Yep. Um, um so we're gonna bring, we're gonna bring back next year. I, I got a I got a category next year. Yeah, yeah, it's a good category. Um, I've never really completed much in my life, so this is sort of an accomplishment. So let's hope that I don't die before um or next, next Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just be one more failure. Right. Right. Um, Thank you to be like uh, Frank. Could couldn't even do this. Couldn't even talk about Nick Cage for. Well, let's be honest, though, like to some degree, like Nick Cage has said publicly that he's never like he's doing it until he dies. Yeah, I'm down. So Me and like, buddy, we're going to ride this bullet together. So he's got two Westerns coming out next year, a crime film coming out next year. And it just ended up in my feed today that. Apparently, like there must have been a falling out with Disney. I don't know if it was because of like him losing his mind and losing all of his money or if it had to do with the failure that was um, Sorcerer's Apprentice because I think that's the last Disney movie that he does um, in 2010 but basically he was like banned like they wanted to do more National Treasure movies because they were financial successes and basically like Disney uh, I don't know the story but it's like apparently the article suggested like Disney was like didn't want to work with Cage anymore but now mm-hmm. they're all now they're down with it and apparently three and Three and four have been greenlit, and Cage will be starring um, in National Treasures three and four over the next few years. So we have those to look forward to. And he's doing a cameo in the National Treasure series that was supposedly they tried to keep under wraps, but is not happening. I didn't know about that. So um, I don't think you have to review that series necessarily. Um, because I'll I think watch the episode that he cameos in, and we'll talk about it briefly the right. next time we do one of his movies. Right. Um, 
comparable right. weight to talent, I guess, maybe is next. Well, oh, right. That would, right. I forgot about that one because that was supposed to be this year and it got pushed back. So yeah. there's that. There's, I can't remember the name of it, the the crime, um, right. the crime movie that he's in with a couple other actors. Um, and then there's two Westerns. And then those two Westerns, right? Which also just came in the news in the past, like, week or so in the sense of, like, um, yes yeah but but apparently the it was the assistant was it the armor or the assistant director i can't remember now the armor would do things on set that were um right like putting guns under her arms and stuff like that yeah irresponsible with guns and cage finally like lost his shit one day and basically said like you need to get her off set now yeah yeah like i can't work with this person right um yeah that's unfortunate um but hey i mean at least like cage like had enough sense to understand like you know that was going on like and it was fucked up look i um, think yeah, I, I think cage is a consummate professional i just think he's a fucking weirdo right right so so here's the big question i just want everybody to be refreshed why you started this but now you've been through i mean this is episode 90 so it's like You've been through at least what, like ninety-seven, I guess, ninety-six, ninety-seven Nicolas Cage movies, plus like weird shit, like you know him narrating the history of swear words. We watched the the best of times TV pilot, like you know, like yep. we've we've done the, all these things with Cage. What's your takeaway out of all of this? Like, what is your like? What's your biggest takeaway out of like whether it's about Cage, whether it's about about you um what is your big takeaway out of all of this Hmm, man um i guess more than anything that like on one hand you can find enjoyment in even like the worst movies sometimes um so a lot of times like something that you might not think would be any good might still be worth watching but on the other hand, sometimes garbage is just garbage, you know, and no matter how good, like, a cast or how good the intentions behind a movie, like, sometimes things just don't work and something is just, you know, fucking um, sunny shit, like Cage's directorial debut and only directorial feature. Just, you know, the man wanted to make a movie and he had this great idea and he thought that it was going to, like, work and it's just the creepiest, weirdest I don't know, nonsense ever. But hey, he made a movie and I watched it. Sure. So, how do you, good. how, where, like, how do you estimate Cage in, how do you estimate his career among other, and he's not A list anymore, but at one time he was. Like, you know, so among other, at, at least at one point, A list actors, how do you estimate his career? And what do you think Cage's legacy will be? And I'll save anything else for next week. Um, I mean, I think you have to take the knowledge of the fact that he had to make a lot of movies that he might not have made otherwise because he needed to make money. So it's like, there's plenty of celebrities that fall into that realm. You know what I mean? Like people that were at one time, like marquee stars that just kind of, through a need to work, through a need to like earn, you know, like had to take lesser roles. 
I think when we go through the S and A tier movies next week, and even the B tier movies, um, I think you'll find that like you still have a man whose body of work is admirable and who still can be considered one of the best or at least most interesting working actors in Hollywood today. Like there's almost no other working actor today that is willing to take the chances for whatever reason that Nick Cage is willing to take. And when he hits it, you know, he knocks it out of the park. You know what I mean? Like shit, we just watched Pig, what, two months ago? And one of my favorite movies of this year. Like honestly, one of my favorite movies of the past few years. And a lot of it driven by his performance. And it's like, that's what that man has in him. So if you have to sit through five, you know, Wally's Wonder Worlds or whatever, Wonderlands, to get that one pig, like, isn't that pig worth it, you know? Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, we talk a lot of shit about it and like, I make a lot of jokes, but honestly, like it was a really interesting experiment. And it's like, how many, how many actors can you say, or can anyone say like, I've seen every single movie that person's been in. And like, it's something I think to say, like, I've seen every single movie that Nick Cage has ever been in. So I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, it makes you, I mean, maybe you have to see him multiple times to, like, make the claim. I mean, to me, it makes you, like, you know, like, one of the people, to me, that's, like, a Nick, a Nick Cage expert. <laughs> I I really probably am, like, a subject matter expert on Nick Cage. At least his his on-screen work. Like, right, because um, you don't like to necessarily, like, read much about, like, actors or writers or anything like that, like, outside. I, I started to read that Nick Cage biography, and it's just, I don't know. What good's it doing me? You know, like, I don't even know that shit. Right. I, I like to read funny anecdotes once in a while. It makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, everybody ends up taking roles. Like, I mean, like, and sometimes some of their best roles, like you, you bring up the idea of pig, but it's like sometimes people's best roles. That's a get shorty line almost, right? Like, um, some people do their best work with a gun to their head, right? Um, and certainly, like Brando, like having to take the Transformers movie and doing the voice work, like which I don't think he wanted to do whatsoever. He needed money, and it's like, but it, but it, it's fucking great. I mean, there are fucking Tom Hanks doing the voice of goddamn conductor in the Polar Express. You know what I mean? Like all the, all those dudes, all the all the people that we grew up considering to be like the pinnacle, like Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, um, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Christ, who else were some of our big like Johnny Depp of our generation? Johnny Depp, Richard Gere, you know, Michael Douglas. Yeah, all worked in like shitty low rent fucking genre films at one point or another just for a paycheck. Well, but, yeah, but but they don't. A lot of them don't return to those at some point. Right. You know? Like, I mean, I know you're bringing up Polar Express, but like, you know, Tom Hanks wants to do Polar Express, like for his kids or his grandkids or whatever. Something like that, like some reason, or like he just like really like like the story. Who knows? But Tom but Hanks, here's the thing. Tom Hanks has never had to go like. Tom Hanks is a different caliber of those other people you're talking about. Tom Hanks never Tom Hanks had to had to go back, you know. True, true A-list actor. Yeah, 
Um, Tom Hanks also never bought a private island and married Priscilla Presley. You know, so we didn't teach her. Right. Like right. your money needs come from different places, I guess. And Tom Hanks doesn't have the same money needs as Nick Cage. He does not. No. Um, this this is a guy like this is a guy who can like you know kill like like you know like like dominate an episode of a TV show by a cameo. Um because of his clout now i don't think nick cage has that clout and but i don't think a lot of people like bruce willis doesn't have that clout anymore i don't think um unless it's a really funny gag like bruce willis is like to me like that's the guy like if you were ever going to do something like that again honestly it's like willis is the guy if you're going to like force yourself to go through something like this again it would be willis um he's the he's the most comparable I agree with that. I think that's true. Um, I don't know if I would ever want to subject you to that because I think Willis's movies probably are worse. Like the ones he takes for a paycheck overall are worse than Cage's. Um, And I base that off of one experience where I came back from the bar one night and tried to watch this like movie that had Chickless and Willis and somebody else in it. And I, I got through like 10 minutes. <laughs> I got through ten minutes and it was terrible. It was the it was just awful, god awful, and I couldn't do it. Um, I don't know how you have, because I can imagine some of these movies that you've described to me are as bad as that. And watch Grand Isle at some point, <laughs> right? Like and and um, I I don't know how you like sat through some of these movies. Probably it's it's really impressive, like to just. <laughs> right okay well next week um captain Crowley's mandolin frank's mm-hmm. final determination of his tiers of cage movies um which will be researched beforehand according to frank and and determined so he can walk through them briskly so here's a here's here's a glimpse into the future okay okay my determination of tears is based on two things. Mm-hmm. How good is Cage's performance in the movie and how good is the movie itself? Sure. So those things working at concert are what decide what tier um, a movie goes in. And all the animated movies together are just um, other tier. Like they're off to the side. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling right them shits. Okay. Um. They're just doing live action cage performances. Live action cage performance. Okay. That those are the only things that's going to be tiered. And then in the future, when we have, you know, new cage movies, uh anywhere from two to thirteen times a year, depending on how much he needs money, um, you can you can tier them there, like as well. Like, you know, so I don't even have to ask you to write the movie anymore. I can just at that point ask you. What tier does this fall into? And um, we probably should have been doing that from the beginning if I would have thought of it sooner. But um, but yeah, but um, I'm excited to hear about your tiers and see like what makes that A tier. Um, I S tier is top tier. Oh, S tier. Oh, what what is what does S mean? Super or something? I don't know. Oh, That's how okay. people do tier rankings. Oh, are they? You, okay. you never watched like a tier ranking video on um on YouTube? No. Yeah, you you don't have the same like 
colossal nerd interests that I have. Who does who does tier rankings like like magic cards or something like that? Like what? Sometimes, yeah. the the big The big tier system started in fighting games. So every time a new fighting game would come out, you would have S tier would be like the character where almost anybody can pick them up and play, and they're almost unbeatable. Down to F tier, which is somebody that's like almost unusable by anybody. Um, See, here's here's the here's the difference, right? When you say S tier, right? I was on 4chan the 2000s before they all became really like racist MAGA incels, right? Um, legitimately and not ironically. So, like, I um, think of S tier as shit tier. No, S tier is the top tier. It's oh, okay. Like, because so. I can't, this is ridiculous. This is what this podcast is coming to. So in video games for the longest time, when you would have to do something and we get ranked on it. Mm-hmm. So especially in fighting games, like if you did certain things, like they would give you a score at the end of a match and it would be like, you, yeah. like, hey. So S was always like the best score. Supreme, super, I don't know what fucking S stands for. But S is the best. So it's S, A, B, C, D, F are your tiers. Superb or super, according to Google. Okay. Um, And it may, this fucking Wikipedia, it may originate from the academic rating in Japan. Um, May. They they think that's possible. Apparently, they don't have any confirmation. Mid mid 90s, I would say. When you would play single player fighting, the single player element of a fighting game, at the end of a match, they would tell you like how you did it. It would be like, you did great. And then you would get like a grade. And it was based on how fast you beat the opponent, how much damage you avoided, how many hits you did in a con. You know what I mean? Like how much continuous damage. There's all these factors. And it was a great Makes sense. And that that flowed into things like, Shooters were like that later, and um, car racing games from Japan, you'd eventually get like an S rank or an A rank or whatever. Um, Ridge Racer, I think, maybe had that element to it. Mm. He still correct me. Uh, all right, so, um, yes, and while we're on the subject, uh, it's a, it's a good segue into promotion. Um, since we don't have many of these left. So this coming week, uh, we will be featuring our first ever, uh, I guess, co-host. Um, first ever it's a, person. It's, it's a guest five. Guest that's There you go. No, thank you, Frank. Um, there's, there's, there's the marketing that I need that you never give me. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, He's yes, our first team. yes, our first ever guest five. Yeah, there you go. Um, with um friend of the podcast Jason Heaster, who will be covering his top five motorsports movies, uh, which you are almost complete, right? I have one left to watch, but it's 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 monumental. Well, so. it's going well, right? It's going to take you like three nights to get through it anyway. So, um, no, 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 no. I'm watching that bitch tomorrow night, start to finish, no breaks. That's ridiculous. But um, I mean, I look, I did, I did something pretty similar. Like I, I took a couple, you know, twenty minute breaks. But like, um, but still, yeah. So, 
uh, that we got that coming up, but then we have the Fresh Five coming up um, on the primary podcast um, the week after that, which is covering Frank's kind of like top movies that he's viewed in the last six months. Um, something we're trying to do twice a year now. Um, so that could be from any time period, any genre. Um, and then um, we start our end of the year tradition now, which is covering the best movies of uh 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 50, 50, 50 years ago. Jesus, 50, 40, 30, 20. Jesus. So I've been watching the movies from 1971 that Frank has on his list. And it's like, geez, I didn't even think about it. It's 50 years. Fuck. Um, so we will be covering those through uh, November and December. And um, yeah, we have one quick cage left next week. Other than that, please um, also check out our sister podcast that Frank and I are both um, co-hosts on, along with uh, friends of Ryan Wellmaker and Michael Bledsoe. Uh, the Best 30 Minutes, we have talked about what our episodes so far. Last week was Stupid Injuries. The previous, uh, previous weeks were VHS Rental Stores, NES Memories. What else have we done? Stupid injuries? Yeah, I said stupid injuries. Stupid injuries, won. NES memories, video store memories, and childhood obsessions. Childhood obsessions, yes, right. Um, and then uh, next week we will be releasing an episode of which is really just weird and different, which is our top five albums of all time, as determined kind of by us subjectively with no real criteria other than just top five albums. So um, very difficult to make. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah. So, um, we are um, recording a lot all the time. And then after the quick cage is over, maybe maybe Frank will make a decision um, on what we can expect next year, if anything. Mm, um, I think about this shit. Uh, in terms of a supplemental podcast, because one of the things that I am going to be weirded out by... I'm weirded out when we don't do a quick cage every week now. Um, that midweek podcast. Um, it makes me feel oh. weird the times we haven't done it. So I have an idea that I think will work, but I'll talk to you about it when we get off this. Okay. All right. Yes. Keep it a mystery for everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to miss that. I'm not going to lie. Like the quick cage is like, you know, I drink slowly during the main podcast. I do not drink slowly during the quick cage. Um, it is like my one time during the middle of the week that I allow myself to just get hammered. Yes. Um, I slow down immediately after we're done, but it's like listening to some of these cage movies. Like, that's why I don't understand how you do it, especially sober. Like, I can't even listen to them without drinking. So. Well, you know, I'm a fucking thing, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kudos. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Tune in next week, well, uh, please, for um, the last episode until next year, at least, of the Quick Cage. Yep. Deuces.